Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one. Putting a ring on our finger. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Bay. Today is July 28th, 2021. We have 43 days left until kickoff for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the lowly, lowly Dallas Cowboys. I actually have a bet with a friend of mine, big Dallas Cowboys fan, and uh, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Who we'll would get, take that bet? I know. We'll get into that later about Idiot. how everybody is underestimating the Buccaneers. But, hey, whatever. Uh, a lot of people are saying that the Cowboys actually have a chance to go to the playoffs this year. I do not agree with that, but yeah. hey, I mean, possible. if the NFC East is as shitty as it was last year, they knew. Damn, you just come right out of the gate. One, talking smack, and two, cussing. <laughs> I need a little beep button for you. <laughs> beep. <laughs> All right, guys, we got a huge, huge podcast today. As you know, we haven't had one in quite a while. It was actually a lot longer than I thought. It's time has just flown by. So we've got a lot to catch up on, and we didn't go all the way back. You know, we keep notes when we don't, you know, between podcasts for stuff to talk about. So I just went back a couple weeks, and then I was just like, I know, good Lord. So much of it was really stale, so I don't think y'all would have wanted to hear it anyway. Yeah, and this year is, you know, one of the reasons why we haven't done a podcast like we normally do is because it's just been very uneventful, very, very uneventful. Now, you can remember last year we had Tom Brady signed, big event. Big event. Rob Gronkowski signed. Big event. Big event. Uh, the reveal of the new jerseys. Big event, which was great. I mean, if y'all guys don't remember, it just seems so long ago we had those ugly, <laughs> ugly jerseys. I know, the alarm clock. Yeah. I will. Those jerseys will forever define the Jameis Winston era, I feel like. They kind of went along okay. hand in hand. I can go with that. Yeah. Uh, so... You know, and, and the re-signing of Shaq Barrett last year, too, was a big event thing. Remember, we were like, is he going to stay? Is he going to go? Mm-hmm. And he decided to stay. That was a big event. Uh, we also had Sue and JPP. All those guys were, you know, if we didn't know what was going to happen with them. And everybody stayed. And this year, nothing's happened. <laughs> we kept, we signed all of our guys, every everybody. single one of them. All the starters are coming back. There's been no uniform changes, no big free agency events. The Nothing. biggest one I would say was uh, Giovanni Bernard. Yeah, right. Coming, but yeah, that just shows and <laughs> little has happened in the off season. I know. So you know, we decided to take a break, and uh, you know, we've gotten a lot of people asking where we've been, if we were coming back, and everything. Oh yeah, we're coming back. You're probably going to get sick of us here in a little bit because we have the uh, Buccaneers juice flowing through our veins now. We sat up all night last night talking about Buccaneers stuff and watching videos and. All that good. And and deciding what we're going to do throughout the season, planned out a whole bunch of stuff. Then again, you know how we are. We plan a lot of stuff. What we actually do. Different story. We're very ambitious. (laughs) Yes. Is that my phone? Yeah. Come on. My Pomoda. Pomodora. I don't think mine's on silent either. Yeah. We've got a lot to talk about. I just do want to warn you a little bit. Uh, One of the reasons why we haven't done podcasts as much it, besides that there hasn't been a lot going on, what has been going on has been a lot of politics. And if you listen to this podcast, we do not, we do everything we can to not even touch politics. But today, we're probably going to touch into it a little bit. I was raised with the axiom that 
you know, when you're in mixed company, you do not talk politics and religion. That seems to be have been thrown out the window about 10 years ago. And now it's like politics are everywhere and in everything. And it's almost impossible to avoid talking about them. So we're unfortunately going to have to dabble in that a little bit. We'll save that towards the end. We're not going to go real deep into uh, the actual politics side of stuff, but there's some things we just have to talk about because they do affect the Buccaneers. I have a spider on my microphone. Okay. What is going on? <laughs> That's how long it's been since we've used it. <laughs> you got like cobweb spiders coming out. Has been that long. Oh Lord! All right, Molly, you want to start off with anything? You got some news? Sure. Uh, let's start with the roster moves. Training camp started on the twenty fifth Sunday, day before Ralph's birthday. Everyone, Ralph's birthday was Monday. We were selling. We had talked about doing a podcast then. I got this. I got this new shirt. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Can't see it. You can see it. It's pretty cool. Buccaneers themed affliction shirt. I like it. Um, okay, so we had some roster moves as training camp started. We put uh, wide receiver John Franklin, cornerback Chris Wilcox, tight end Cam Brate, and wide receiver Justin Watson on the pup list. We then signed every, tight... Every time I hear pup list, I think of puppies. It's such it a cute a nice, name, you I know. know. So I want to be on the pup list. It was funny. I was watching all the press conferences and B.A. called it the P.U.P. list. I guess he, he didn't want it to sound so delicate. <laughs> I like the pup list, though. So. <laughs> uh, but then we signed tight end Daquan Hampton from USC. And then we also waived safety Curtis Riley with an injury designation and then signed safety Chris Cooper. I don't know who any of those are. We're going to get a lot of those uh, this time of the year. So mm -hmm. Yeah, don't get used to them. Right. Don't get used to them. Don't, don't right. get attached to them. They ain't going to be here long. And in training camp, they've been kind of thin at safety because Jordan Whitehead was put on the COVID reserve list. And then Antoine Winfield Jr. got a false positive, but I think that he was still held out of camp one day. So that was the reason for the move at safety. And then we have some news from uh, some of our NFC South rivals, uh, Michael Thomas is expected to miss the start of the 2021 season. After Doesn't help us. <laughs> uh, he underwent surgery to repair ligaments in his ankle, which he injured last year. Was that against us? Probably. Didn't we take him out? We were hurting everybody last year. I know. So he could be on the sideline for several weeks per Ian Rappaport. Now, we don't play them until October 26th, oh. so it's way he deep into the season. He might be fresh. Yeah, right. <laughs> He's going to be. He comes back in. <laughs> uh, their defensive tackle, David Onyemata, he got uh, tested positive for banned substances, and Ooh. he is facing, or he got a six-game suspension from the NFL, which means uh, he'll be back October 26th. I'm sorry, we play them October 31st. Okay. Oh, so yeah, the Halloween be, game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he will be totally rested to come back and play us. It couldn't have been any worse. It's almost like the NFL went, hmm, when are they playing the Buccaneers? Let's do we'll, that. we'll find him or we'll suspend him right up until the day he plays the Buccaneers. And then we'll 
So that is uh, some stuff happening in our division. What else you got? Um, the Bucks announced that Monty Kiffin is going to be inducted into the team's Ring of Honor Week 2 when we host the Falcons. That's September 19th. Well deserved. Yay. I think it was a little long for them to wait. And the guy's not getting any younger. He was a big, big, big factor. He actually changed the sport. You know, implementing that Tampa 2 in our defense actually changed the sport. So he des definitely deserves a ring of honor accolades. Congratulations. And if you get to go to one of those games, congratulations, because the Buccaneers have sold out 2021 season tickets, and all the other tickets are extremely expensive. <laughs> so I know. I think they're all sold out, even the non-season tickets. Yeah, I, I think all the games are sold out. I yeah. don't think there's any available. So if you want to go to a game, you got to get aftermarket secondhand tickets, and they mm -hmm. are going to – gouge you yeah even in the nosebleeds the buccaneers got their super bowl rings on the 22nd Man. they had a big ceremony those things are nice they are ridiculous they are so big <laughs> yeah now normally the super bowl contracts with i want to say it's tiffany's might not be don't quote me on that we'll find out in the fact check follow-up but the glazers have both times we've won the super bowl we've contracted with our own people you know, outside guys. Uh, they did this one, and they had them carve Raymond James Stadium inside the ring. It is so cool. The ring actually flips open, and there's Raymond James Stadium inside of the ring. That's to signify, you know, we were the first team to ever play home field advantage. Oh, that's cool. Yes. And it's got 319 diamonds on the ring. Now, that's not the most diamonds any ring, Super Bowl ring has had. I think it's the second, maybe third most. But it signifies our 31 to 9 win <laughs> over, the, uh, over the Chiefs. Oh, I love it. Yes, it's actually, they're gorgeous rings. They're huge, big rings. I got to get one. I mean, not, <laughs> not a real one, of course, but uh, one of the knockoff ones. They'll be selling them on, <laughs> online oh, soon. We do need like a replica. Yes. Yeah, I want to get a replica. I had a replica of the uh, 2003 Super Bowl ring. Uh, but I lost it somewhere. I, it's with my. It was with my other rings, and now it's gone. I think one of my exes took it. Crazy uh, women. Yeah, uh, Shelton Quarles. You know he played with the. He was a, he was a starting linebacker with the. Actually, I've actually got a signed football from him. Can you point to it back there? Is it that? Yes, that one. That is Shelton Quarles. He was a linebacker for the Super Bowl Buccaneers, and he's getting a ring, or he got a ring as a coach. He was a. Uh, what what? With the box? Yeah, really? Shelton Coors. Yeah, hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. And the, the Buccaneers also, not just the players and coaches got rings, but the front office people. That's kind of rare. Uh, we had uh, quite a few people uh, that worked in the front office that got rings. So I found that's that awesome. Team. Yeah. Yay. I was watching Tom Brady's speech at the ceremony, and he had to make a point. He named every single starter in his speech to yeah, like thank them cool. and say, we couldn't have done it without you. Um, it would suck, though, if he forgot you, <laughs> which I will say he did not name his backup quarterbacks, his wingmen. Well, he didn't do uh, anything. Ryan Gray. Yeah, but they're yeah. like his boys, I thought. I don't know. 
Uh, Ryan Griffin was, you know, a wingman. When Tom's all drunk, you you would think at least the least right. he could do his name. You should give props for that alone. <laughs> now, if you haven't, go check out the in the current episodes that the Buccaneers have put out. They are fantastic. They're really good. Uh, a little dramatic for me. They do a little bit more of the uh, too much of the people stories. Yeah, yeah. But there was the talking about Tom Brady's speech before the Super Bowl. I found it fascinating because you can tell these guys weren't just talking. You know, they weren't just saying something that they felt like people wanted to hear. Or apparently this was like a life-altering speech to a lot of these guys. And, and almost all of them said chilling. The speech was chilling. It gave you chills. And they they said that Tom Brady had never given a speech to the team before. Really? And, yeah. And uh, Devin White had given a speech. And Tom Brady said, hey, when you're finished, I want to, I want to talk. And everybody was like, when he got up there and spoke, his voice changed, every, his demeanor changed, everything changed about him, and it was so powerful. They were like, it was, you know, they they were like, it was like something you would see in in, in the movies, and that that was cool. And this was everybody. The veterans were saying it, the the new guys. And so I would, but it was not recorded, you know, and we'll never know. Mm-mm. Can't even recreate sounds, it. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, they were saying. You know, we couldn't even we couldn't even do it justice by trying to explain what he said. You know, some of them were talking about how you know the the, the big point of it was this is you are going to go down in history today. Your name on the back of your jersey is going to be in history forever. What you do out on this field today, and you know you, your kids, your grandkids, everybody is going to know what you do today. And you want it to be a legacy of excellence. You know, well, and it was just like, what? He brought that up in his speech at the ring ceremony where he said, the front of your jersey, it's the team. The back of the jersey is your other team, your family, hmm. which I thought was awesome. Yeah. You know, he's awesome. a big family man. So, yes. and those are ideals that Bruce Arian, you know, he really preaches about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, family is really important to him too. And he tries to, impress that upon the team yes which hey it works mm-hmm. i'm a big family guy myself so i love that message mm-hmm. i think we need more of it in society yeah um so the, the the ceremony was cool uh they got to go to the white house that was cool uh tom brady gave a great speech there he, he looks so good at that podium i'm sitting there thinking man you know if he runs for politics <laughs> I don't think he will. Uh, I think if anything, he might coach. I think that's as far as he would take it. But But you never know. You never know. Never know with these guys. Uh, We've got uh, Akeem Spence. This is kind of outside Buccaneers, but if you you don't remember Akeem Spence, he was drafted with the uh, during the Shiano days. He was a defensive tackle for us, played beside Gerald McCoy. Uh, They didn't really do a whole lot with us, but he was a starter. He ended up going to Detroit. Uh, he went somewhere else after that, and then now he's with the Patriots. Oh, yeah. Okay. So we might see him when we play the Patriots. What week is that game? It's I the same day remember. as Bruce Arians' birthday. Uh, I got nothing. I know. I the, need to have the schedule up. Yeah, it's it's later schedule. in the season, but it's it's a huge game. The it's sold out, and I think the nosebleed sections are going for like thirteen hundred dollars. You can't. I mean, it's it's. 
It's like the most expensive game ever, you know, besides Super Bowl tickets. It's at Gillette Stadium. It's at Gillette Stadium. And you know, you know that stadium is going to be going off. Because, you know, they got a taste last year of what it's like to not have Brady. And we talked about this numerous times, how, you know, last year was going to be a test of, to show, was it Brady or was it Belichick? I was always at the camp that it was more Belichick than Brady. Me too. And yeah. last year proved indefinitely to me, anyhow, that it no was Brady. Question. When Belichick got Cam Newton, I was blown away. I was like, does this guy watch film? Like, what is he doing? What is he doing? And as we all saw, it didn't work out too good. And it's not going to work out this good if he, if he starts. And he uh, re-signed him. That's re-signed what's insane him. to me. Yeah, it's it really it really altered my whole view of that dynasty. You know, I'm like, wow, was it really all Tom Brady? I mean, maybe Belichick's just a he he's like a Mike Smith or a Mike McCarthy who, you know, they just sit back and get massages and stay in the hot tub and let you know the players do everything. And you know, Tom Brady apparently has got great leadership qualities. Yeah. And you know, he might have been the whole thing behind that you know, 20 years of excellence there in, in uh, the Patriots. So that's going to be a great, great game. It's going to have a lot of implications for the NFL going forward. Uh, but we'll hopefully we'll be able to see Akeem Spence out there. That'll be interesting. We'll see. Devin White is getting his giddy up move, you know, where he rides the horse. Uh-huh. Uh, it's going to be in the uh, Madden 22. That's so neat. Oh, yeah, it's a it's a thing you can do. Hit the it's like touchdown yeah, celebration. Yeah. You can make it. Oh, do that's the hilarious. Now, Madden 22 has got Tom Brady on the cover. First time Buccaneers ever been on the cover, but it's a joint cover. It's With Tom Pat Brady Mahomes, and right? Patrick Mahomes. Yes. Stop. Why are they doing this? I do not. They are trying. They to are make trying him. so hard yeah. to make him the next Tom Brady. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever seen that before where you have a quarterback that gets absolutely demolished in the Super Bowl and they put him on the cover. I know. 22. I mean, I'm sorry, guys. I, I really like Patrick Mahomes. I really, really do. I really like him as a person. I like him as a player. I think he's got a lot to learn, but I think he's got a lot of potential there. Uh, you know, I mean, he has done a lot in his short career, but we've how many times have we seen this where guys come out, they just dominate, and then – and the, the league cliff. tries to force it. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you almost wonder if that has a little bit to do with it, where the league yeah. is putting too much pressure on them to be the next yeah. it person, and they're just not, or they can't handle it. Right. It's just so strange to me that here you go, you've got a there, – there's no doubt he's the best that's ever been, Tom Brady. Uh, not just in the NFL, I would say against all sports. Nobody has done what he's done. And then you've got – has got, got his butt whooped in the Super Bowl. By Tom Bowl. Brady. Yeah, and you're you're like holding him up as equal. And he's like, you know. No. Well, the league has done everything they can to make excuses for that game. Yeah. You know, oh, he didn't have his starting offensive line. Mm-hmm. He was hurt. He was, uh, you know, it's yeah. they've tried to hand him every excuse under the sun. I've got a hair that's tickling my nose. It's driving me crazy. <laughs> Uh, at least I hope it's a hair. I hope it's not a spider. <laughs> it's a spider. Now, yes, the league has done everything they can to excuse that game, and, and rightfully so. I understand what they're doing because you know Tampa Bay is a small market team. 
you know, they they would much rather have somebody like Mahomes win because, you know, everybody's sick of Tom Brady winning. You know, if he's That's not right. on your team, mm-hmm. you're sick of him. But one thing I haven't seen them talk about, and I, you know, one of the things that mystified me about that game was the play calling, which is absolute crap on the Kansas City Chiefs side. It was absolute crap. I mean, here it is. They, they got where they were for a lot of trick plays. I mean, they did a lot of – you know, unusual stuff throughout the season. And even against the 49ers in the Super Bowl before where they won, they did a lot of weird plays, just trick plays. You know, they'd have guys uh, lined up in, in a wing formation and then spin and offset. You know, it was just all kinds of stuff. Didn't do none of that against us. So they played like the vanilla football. And we were expecting, you know, listening to Bruce Arians, he, he said before the game that, you know, they had studied the film and we were ready for anything they throw at us. And they didn't really throw a whole lot at us. Remember, uh, Andy Reid's son got involved in that fatal car accident. Was it fatal? Did the little girl die? She uh, was, like, critically injured. Critically injured. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if she died or not. But, right. you know, he was drunk driving or at least buzzed driving. He was definitely had been drinking and got in an accident. This happened, like, two days before the Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was very soon. That week. I want to say it was, like, Tuesday, Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And Andy Reid had had a son kill himself mm-hmm. years ago during the season. And so, you know, I you know, I don't know if his head, space was, his head was in the right space. But from the play calling, I would say no. Yeah. But nobody talks about that as a factor with the Chiefs' poor play during the Super Bowl. Now, you know me. I'm biased. I'm going to say – you know, we just whooped their butt. But that might have been a huge factor. And nobody talks about it. I agree. And, yeah, they've just kind of glossed over that whole thing. Mm-hmm. I think his son is facing charges yes. for that. Yes. And, you know, there's that uncertainty with, you know, the accident happens. You don't know if he's going to get charged or arrested. And then you don't know what's going to happen to that little girl that's been injured. You know, and so that's a lot of stress, uncertainty in that week. And yeah, I just think as a parent, like there's no way that you can focus. Yes, I wouldn't be able to. No. I mean, it's just. mm. And he was a tight ends coach, so he was part of the team. Like everybody knew him. Mm. I mean, that's a huge, a huge Mm -hmm. deal. And, you know, you also kind of have to wonder how did that affect Travis Kelsey during Mm -hmm. the game? Yeah, because Travis Kelsey gave up. Position coach. Yeah. I mean, there was, I pointed it out in the All 22. Uh, film, you know, there was quite a few plays where Travis Kelsey sat down on the field and just sat there with his hand, his head down on the field. You know, <laughs> in between mm-hmm. plays, he was he was he was done. Yeah, uh, and there was a, he, he definitely started getting his Kansas butt State. whooped from yeah. Levante. Yeah, he was, he was de- well, not a, just Levante, but a lot Devin. of the guys were just beating yeah. the hell up. We were beating a mess out of those receivers. Uh. Now, let's go from Andy Reid to another favorite coach of ours, Lovey Smith. This blows me away. You know, Lovey Smith, his son was arrested for uh, child, uh, human trafficking, sex trafficking, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, while he was at the uh, Illinois, was it Illinois State? Um, Gosh. I don't know. Uh, University of Illinois. The Fighting Illinois. And uh, that, 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 story just kind of got a little bit of attention and then nothing you know but he's in jail and he's probably going to go to prison Is he? yeah wow so uh you know that's that's kind of a big thing he was on our coaching staff 
Lovey Smith's son. He was our safeties coach, I think it was, or secondary coach. And he was on the coaching staff with Lovey. At, uh, well, he's got like three sons, two or three sons. Mm-hmm. So are you sure it's that same one? No. I'm okay. Not. It might have been a different one. Fact check. Follow that one up. Okay. Uh, but anyhow, Lovey Smith is no longer the coach at the University of Illinois, and it's because he was horrible there. <laughs> he was the coach there from 2014 like to 2020. At the Bucks. Yes, at the Bucks, he was absolutely some of the worst football coaches. And we saw that coming a mile away. But yeah, first, as soon as he was hired, he blew up our offensive line, got rid of every single starter we had. You're like, how I do you do never, that? Yeah, and and we dealt with that until here recently. Mm-hmm. We've just now gotten. Mm-hmm. That fixed, and y'all can thank the Bucks media for that because they mm-hmm. were the ones pounding the drum to get Shiano fired and mm-hmm. bring Lovey in. That mm-hmm. strictly came from Buccaneers media. So, yes. and uh, the Lovey Smith is now he he is now the coach for the he's a defensive coordinator for the Houston Texans. Now you want to talk about a team that is a dumpster fire right now? It's the Houston Texans. Add that, Lovey that, Smith in as a defensive know. coordinator. Oof. I just can't imagine what they were thinking. They were like, hey, you know what would make things way worse than what they already are? Let's bring in Lovey Smith. Smith. Let's yeah. just put a cap on this dumpster fire. Let's let's yeah. just let's just drop a nuke on it. So. And you know, you you look at how, what he did here at the Buccaneers. It was just it was just horrible. It was bad. We had uh, one of the worst seasons we ever had that in turn gave us the first draft pick, which in turn gave us Jameis Winston, which in turn gave us Many years of inconsistency, <laughs> yeah, heartache. Let's call it that. And entertainment, no doubt about that. Sure. But yeah, uh, it wasn't the winning kind of entertainment. Now, what he went to the University of Illinois the next year after we got rid of him in 2014. So he coached with the University of Illinois from 2014 to 2020, and they finally got rid of him. His record, his record at the University of Illinois was 17 and 39. Oh, my God. Yes. Why? Oh, why would they keep him that long? Right. I know. Well, you know, it's just his legacy, you know, is it appears to be the only thing keeping him in a job. Yeah, that name. But I'm like, he wasn't even that great when he was like, I don't know, like at the Bears. He was not that great. Yes. Yeah. I did a whole podcast on that years ago. And uh, his record in the uh, Big Ten Conference was 10 and 33. I mean, it just really, really bad. So, so I don't know what's going on in Houston, but it's going to be fun watching them on fire this year. Hey, we play that. them in the preseason. That's the third game. Ooh. So we'll get a little taste of that. Yeah. What are they going to do with Deshaun Watson? Like, I've seen he's at camp. They have put him up. They've said they're open for trade, but they're wanting two or three first-round picks. Yeah, that ship has sailed, buddy. Mm. There ain't no way. I mean, when he initially asked for a trade, you might have been able to get that. Yeah, but now he's got all that legal mm-hmm. stuff going on. With no, the nobody it, wants to touch that. It seems quite apparent that you know these. He does have an issue with getting women to massage handsy. him. Yeah, he's a little handsy. Right. So you know that's going to go with him wherever he goes, and you know, plus his contract, his contract had a no no trade clause in it, so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so you know you're going to have to take on his whole contract, all that money. I don't know. I just, I don't know. Aaron Rodgers apparently is coming back to the Packers. He oh yeah, showed he's up. there, and he gave a pair. I mean, he spilled the beans in this press conference. I haven't yeah. watched it yet. Yeah, uh, 
I, I was just looking at it on Twitter a little while ago. Maybe we'll talk about it in the next podcast. But uh, he got up there and just said everything. Wow. Like, yeah. And Ooh, I want to watch it. it. Um, I think Tom Pelissero put out a tweet where he tra- had transcribed the whole thing. But I just want to watch it because I think you get a lot more that yeah. way. Yeah. And I revel in Aaron Rodgers being a pissy bitch. So <laughs> I want to watch it. You do. I hate him so much. Yeah. Is he your most hated quarterback? <laughs> uh, Probably currently, yeah. Mm-hmm. Currently now that Drew Brees is out. Yeah, yeah and it would have been Cam Newton, but he's not in the division anymore and he sucks. Yeah. So it's uh. Speaking of the Panthers, the Panthers signed their offensive tackle, uh, Taylor Moten, to a huge contract. Uh, four years, $72 million with 43 guaranteed. Well, their offensive line is a mess. So, yeah. he, I mean, is he the best player on that line? They probably had no choice yeah. but to give him all that. Yeah. They're going to be a dumpster fire this year. Yeah. 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 Them in Atlanta. Yep. Uh, so... The NFL is going through this weird thing where they're they're kind of wanting to ignore the Buccaneers. I, I, I don't really understand it. You know, of course, we've always been the redheaded stepchildren of the NFC. Uh, I think the, the Browns get more favorable media attention than we do. Mm-hmm. So I would actually go as far as to say we are the redheaded stepchildren of the NFL. Yeah, the same thing happened when we won the Super Bowl back in uh, the early 2000s was, you know, everybody just kind of ignored us. We didn't get the primetime games that most Super Bowl winners get. After I think we had three. Normally you get five. Uh, this year we're getting five or six, which is normal. And uh, we didn't get hardly any attention. And of course, everybody said when we won it that the reason why we won it is because top, uh, John Gruden knew the plays. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was some truth to that. But we were a damn good team for many, many years. You know, we deserved that Super Bowl. You could put us in there with anybody. And, you know, we ended up playing the best team in the NFL at the time. They were the highest uh, ranked offense and we were the highest ranked defense. And we just beat them up with our defense. You know, kind of the same thing happened this year. Mm-hmm. You know, we go in and everybody has all the excuses, all uh, – you know, the offensive line for the Chiefs was down. Uh, you know, it was bad coaching, whatever. But uh, we just beat the mess out of them. So it seems like this year everybody's – the Kansas City Chiefs are still expected to win the Super Bowl this year. Really? Over the, yes. They <laughs> Y'all don't learn. I know. It is the craziest thing. But it's worse than that. It's worse than that. The uh, – ESPN came out. I think it was ESPN. Let me see here. Now, now I watched ESPN and the NFL channel for the first time. We went down to uh, Molly's dad's and stayed, and he had DirecTV, and I haven't watched the ESPN or the NFL channel for in years, almost a decade, but it's definitely been for the past five years. Now, used to, I had the NFL channel on at the house all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd walk around, always NFL channel on. The day the NFL channel started, I got a subscription to it, and you know I've just been a big fan of it. But it, it morphed into I don't I I don't know what to call it uh, the punditry, opinions. Uh, it was more about the 
it was more drama than anything. You know, they, they talk, and, and you notice this with the media, especially sports media, they talk more about the players and the personalities and the drama. It's almost like a soap opera. You know, whereas me, I like the analysis. I like, you know, show me game film, break it down. Uh, you know, let's talk about different types of offenses against different types of defenses. You know, what works here, what play there. And, you know, like with uh, uh, Ron Jaworski and uh, Hodge, what's his name? Merrill Hodge. Merrill Hodge. <laughs> I love the guy. I can't remember his name. You know, they had a show that really that turned me on to analyzing all 22 tape. And I loved it. I mean, they didn't, there was no politics. There was no opinion. You know, it was just like, here's this, here's this, here's this, break it down, break it down. And they just broke down all 22 tape. It was a half hour show. And I think it was on ESPN. Can't remember. Uh, I think it bounced around a couple of networks, but then it slowly went away. And now there's none of that. There's nothing, nothing. that. Anyhow, I watched the ESPN and NFL channel for the first time in forever and I was just blown away at how bad this stuff has gotten. The NFL Network actually sat there and started timing it. They would do two, two-and-a-half-minute segments, two-and-a-half-minute segments, and then three, four-minute commercials segments. It, and they were saying absolutely nothing. There was just opinions, opinions about this player, that player, this team, that team. There was no analysis whatsoever. Now, the media... They focus on players and personalities and drama stories and all that good stuff. And then on the football side of it, they focus on statistics. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know me, I'm, I could care less about either one of those. Uh, they're tools. Statistics are tools. But it's not going to tell you all the whole game. That's for sure. I mean, you can't take statistics and tell who's going to win a game. Can't I've tried. It doesn't yes. work. It doesn't work. Nobody can do it. Uh, and, and there's all kinds of stuff involved with statistics. You know, you, you look at like sack numbers and, you know, people say, oh, this guy was such a great player because he had these many sacks. But, you know, sacks don't tell the whole story because a sack that you get week 14 when your team is out of the playoffs and you get a sack in the fourth quarter when your team is down 31 zip and the game's almost over – does not mean as much as a sack that you get on a third down when your team's behind three and, you know, you're uh, getting ready to give your offense the football with a minute and a half left. That's a huge sack. Now, we get a lot of those sacks. You go back and watch the team, our games, our defense stepped up on third downs late in the game, you know, and we haven't had that a lot. So, you know, Sack numbers are not the same. One sack is not equal to another sack, but you don't see them in stats. You don't see that in stats. And the, you know, even when they try to implement stuff like that, it's just really hard to do. It's, it's kind of objective and all that good stuff, or subjective. Anyhow, so I'm watching these talking heads on there, and that's all they were. They were just talking heads. They were just talking you know, their opinions on players and personalities and teams and it, it drove me crazy. I don't know how people could watch that anymore. So that ties into ESPN had a the top uh, pass rushers. They had an article with the top pass rushers. They did, they took 50, I want to make sure it was ESPN. Okay, I, I, I'm pretty sure it was ESPN. Yes, it was ESPN because... The article was behind a paywall. 
uh, they took 50 experts, you know, coaches and, and analysis analysts, and asked them who the top pass rushers were coming up in the 2021 season. The list was I've got it I've got it all confused. NFL did the same thing, NFL.com and uh, CBS Sports did the same thing. They got the top the top pass rushers. Here's the top pass rushers. Aaron Donald, Miles Garrett, this is this is in order. TJ Watt, those were the top 3. And then, their names Right. Well, Aaron Donald, you could say, you know, he's I definitely mean, elite. Yeah, but you're they're not saying that because of his current circumstance. They're mm-hmm. saying that because what he's done in his career. Right. It's right. not where he is in 2021. Yeah, and great highlight plays. You know, TJ Watts, definitely great highlight player. And he's a name. Watt. Yeah. The Watt name. Right. You know. Uh, runner ups were Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Chase Young. Chandler Jones, Nick Bosa, Cam Jordan, and Von Miller. Again, all names. Those are all names. Right. You notice something missing there? Any Buccaneer? Any Buccaneer. Shaq Barrett, Vita Ved, Damakong Sue, JPP. I mean, come. (laughs) It's amazing. Here it is. Our defense just made Patrick Mahomes run for 500 yards in the Super Bowl and it embarrassed him. Had, you know, just. outstanding thing not mentioned as top pass rushers they retired drew Brees. we retired drew Brees. we beat aaron uh, Rodgers. yeah stop it and uh the man nfl 22 they came out with a top list now these are their guys that they have ranked in the game uh miles garrett is at a 98 Khalil Mack, 96, T.J. Watt, 94, Chandler Jones, 94, J.J. Watt, 94, Cameron Jordan, 93, Von Miller, 93, Joey Bosa, 92, Nick Bosa, 90, Zadaria Smith, 89. Again, notice anybody missing from that list? A Buccaneer. CBS Sports is the only one that had a Buccaneer listed, and they had Shaq Barrett listed at number five. That's definitely good. Even the Pewter Report... Our own <laughs> media had Shaq Barrett listed anywhere between 8 and 12. They said that's fine. I think they had him listed around 11. What? <sighs> JPP, you know, nowhere to be found on any of the lists. Mm-hmm. That's, that is a shame right there. A shame. Now, that makes you think, what are these guys doing? Do these guys watch tape? Now, I haven't watched Miles Garrett on tape. It's on my list of things to do because everybody talks about him so much. I want want to watch him and see him. But you cannot watch Shaq Barrett and JPP out there and go, these guys are not elite. You can't do it, especially Shaq Barrett. I mean, the guy has got a repertoire of moves better than anybody in the league. I will say that definitively. There's nobody in the league that has the, the amount of moves that Shaq Barrett, he can come at you doing anything. Now, most of these guys have... You know, very small skill set, and but they're very good at it. Shaq Barrett and JPP both, you know, they go back in the coverage. I mean, they're mm-hmm. not just pure pass rushers; they're mm-hmm. run protectors. They're, they're, they're excellent batting at balls it. down. They're batting balls. How many interceptions did JPP have? Like two, two or three. Yeah, yeah. In crucial times in the game. Yeah. And uh, didn't he? He had a uh, pick six, right? I don't remember. Close to it, anyhow. You know, so not only are these guys elite at what they 
you know, at being pass rushers, but they're good at everything else too. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's got to be a factor, right? I, you know, you would think. You would think, but again, it's the, everybody is wanting to ignore the Buccaneers. You know, again, I think it's you know they go, oh well, you know they won because Tom Brady, you know, or you know because of the offensive line, you know, the excuses and everything. No, we are the good team. We are the best team. We are head and shoulders above any team out there right now. There's no doubt in my mind, unless there's something extremely tragic that happens in the you know, future. You know, speculation is just rumors of the future, so you, know, you don't know what's going to happen. But you know, from my, I put my money on the line. Buccaneers are going to win again the Super Bowl. There's nobody out there that can compete with them. Nobody. And when I was watching the Super Bowl, if you listen to the podcast, I almost got to tears because I was watching. I noticed that throughout the the, the playoffs that I watched the best team that, in my opinion, is the best team that has ever been on an NFL football field. And I've watched a lot of good teams, but, you know, we were just just – so good at every position. We have no weakness. Our weakness was our kick return game. <laughs> that wasn't. Special teams. Yeah, special teams tackling and blocking. That's it. That was the only weakness we had, and that was not really a, much of a weakness. Okay, can you address, because we get this every time you say this, we get this mm-hmm. comment, the Patriots team that won 16-0. Mm-hmm. Can you address that very quickly? Why they're not the best team that you've ever seen? Uh, well, one – they didn't go through the gauntlet that we went through. We, you know, of course, we had COVID to deal with, and we had so many new players on our offense that they weren't allowed. They weren't able to to gel, including you know, the, the quarterback. Right, including the quarterback. He was learning a completely new system, a completely new style of play. He changed his stance. Uh, you know, they. So the first part of the season, we were still that was like training camp for us. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't have uh, post-preseason games. So, you know, th- those were our preseason games. And we just started getting better and better and better and better. And by the time we reached the playoffs, we went through, and this has never happened that I know of, the most elite competition that any playoff team has ever had to do. And we did it on all were road games. You know, the, the Redskins – you know, they played us tough, but we beat them. But then we played uh, the Saints at the Saints. Now, the Saints are a, were a damn good team, you know. And, I mean, they could have easily been in the Super Bowl. And we beat them. We went to the Packers. You in know, the snow. 13 and 3 it's for cold. the time. Right. Yeah, in cold weather at Lambeau Field. And beat them decisively. And then we go to the Super Bowl and played. And we were the underdogs, and you know everybody thought that the Chiefs were going to win, and we beat the mess out of them on both sides of the ball. I, I, I've never seen anything like that. In you know, we had what eight games straight we won mm-hmm. coming off the bye mm-hmm. against good competition, and when we got into playoffs, we played the best team. It, you know, it wasn't like we were playing chumps; we were playing the best teams in the league. And we beat them. You know, it's and, and it wasn't because we it wasn't like we had a weak defense and we beat them with high powered offense, or we had a strong defense and just kind of, you know, helped our offense was, you know, doing ball management. You know, no, mm-hmm. we beat you by throwing the ball down the field with our elite wide receivers, our elite tight ends, our elite running backs. Uh, we ran you over. 
Uh, our offensive line was crushing people out there. Our, our defense was killing your quarterback. I mean, look what we did to Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees and Patrick Mahomes with our defensive line. Our linebackers were all over the field just causing havoc, hurting people, and our secondary was getting interceptions and batting balls. There was no weakness on this team. None. So, and, and they're all coming back. I don't know. It's just insane to me how the, the whole NFL isn't just eyes on the Buccaneers 24-7 going, this is the this is going to be a uh, – is there ever going to be a better team in the history of the NFL than the Buccaneers this year? I don't know. I don't see how there could be. I just think that they're sticking their heads in the sand. But mm-hmm. I'm almost glad for them underestimating us because it really seemed like that gave us an advantage last year. Particularly, you saw the secondary where they kind of mm-hmm. held on to all the shit talk and the doubt and the, you know, they just held on to it and motivated exactly motivated them. That. And uh, then they put their money where their mouth is and then they talk their smack. Yes. So... I'm fine with it that mm-hmm. we're just being completely underestimated. And I think everyone, including Tom Brady, is just going to use that to motivate them. Yes. And, you know, I understand the NFL's point of view and the, the, all the people that are in the NFL and the coaches and all that stuff. They're kind of sick of Tom Brady, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a it's a thing that where you can't emulate him. You know, it, it's it, he's. One, he's not exciting. It's boring. He's but he's boring. He's boring. But he just he's just so precise in his everything that <clears throat> he's just the best. He's he's at elite. Now Patrick Mahomes, exciting to watch. I mean, mm-hmm. a good gosh, you know some of the throws he makes are just unbelievable. So they want that to be the story mm-hmm. because it's exciting. You know the Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, Buccaneers small market team. Uh, you know even Mike Evans. You know, he is is a great receiver, but he's not exciting. Mm-mm. You know, he's not catching the ball and, you know, making 17 people miss like Tyreek Hill and, you know, run blazing down the field and all that stuff. So the NFL wants these more dynamic, exciting players. And what they're getting is the Buccaneers, who are, are very technical, analytic, and precise players. It's the exact opposite of what they want. And they're just dominating everybody. And they're going to dominate this year. It's just going gonna, gonna to be horrible. Unless, like I said... Uh, tragic things happen. Now, it wasn't just the defensive line that they did this to. The NFL, uh, there's all these lists going around. The, the NFL has the wide, the best wide receivers heading into the 2021 season. They do not want to talk. I mean, it's to be frank, it's hard to pick just one from the Buccaneers receiving core, mm-hmm. but they don't want to talk about any of them. Right. Here, Here's their top three. These are the uh, Devontae Adams gets gold. DeAndre Hopkins gets uh, bronze and Tyreek Hill. Wait a minute. It might have been another way around. Oh, Tyreek Hill gets silver. Yes. The runner-ups were Stephon Diggs, DK Metcalf, Julio Jones, Allen Robinson, (laughs) Justin Jefferson. (laughs) Are they serious right now? What team does he even play for? Is he he still with the Vikings? I don't know. Um, It's like you look at this and you go, oh, it's fantasy football. Those are the top-ranked fantasy football players. That's what they're going by, you know. It's like, <laughs> but never mind that I'm Mike sorry, Evans wait. has the record for the most thousand-yard game. He he's never had a season where he didn't get a thousand yards. It's like, you know he beat Randy Moss in that. It's like never mind that. Never mind Antonio. Never mind a Super Bowl. 
Yeah. I'm sorry, that was a serious list. Yeah. Who, yeah. who put that out? Uh, NFL. The NFL. Do NFL. they watch football? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we got we got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Antonio Brown. You know, not to mention Scotty Miller and all those guys. I mean, they're they're great, but you know, Evans, Godwin, are they and Brown that are elite on... level receivers. If you use stats, Mike Evans is up there. Damn. So what the hell are they using? Fantasy football points is the only thing I can come up with. It's got to be a fantasy list. They do not want to give the Buccaneers any recognition, none. But they're, you know, it's gonna, it's it's gonna be to their detriment this up this coming year. Yeah, I'm telling you guys, man, we're gonna blow through everybody. It's going to be a domination. Like, you know, I mean, twenty and zero is not unexpected or not out of the question. I don't think we're gonna go have an undefeated season. But I don't see anybody. The Rams are the only team I look at and I go, mm, you know, that that's gonna be a tough one. I mean, thing any given Sunday, things happen during games. You know, it could be some people are misfiring, mm-hmm. some people mm-hmm. aren't on the same page. I think that's the only way that we get beat is that we beat ourselves. Yes. And just th- there's no one that's even close, and we're just stacked at every position. And we've upgraded our special teams. That seems to be their focus this yeah, off season is special crazy. teams, and that was yeah. our weakness. So. Yeah. Uh, Which, you know, that's a weakness. It's like, you know, it's not like our guys are out there laying like, down on the cares? ground. They just yeah. weren't elite yeah. like the rest of our team. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, you know, if you got any extra money, just go ahead and put it down on the Buccaneers winning the Super Bowl because, you know, I said I wasn't going to do that anymore after the Tennessee game a couple of years ago. <laughs> and I told everybody, I was like, eh, we're going to beat them and trounced us. Uh, but I, did, I don't know. Just, it's just kind of very strange to me at how the Buccaneers are being treated. But we're a small market team. We don't bring a lot of money into the NFL. Now, let's get to something that could hamper our uh, winning is unvaccinated players. The NFL here, we're, like I said, the politics ruins everything. You know, you, you want to end a fun party, start talking politics or religion. You're gonna have, I mean, politics is ripping families apart now, mm-hmm. and it's or it has been for the past few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it, politics are getting into everything, and I just hate it. But It is so annoying. That's why we haven't been too active on Twitter, because it's just everywhere. Yeah, you, you get cannot tired of it. get I, away from I, it. I don't want politics in my entertainment. I'm sorry. Just don't. I watch football to escape all this nonsense. Right, right. Yeah. It's like, it's like uh, going to drink tea and it turns out to be lemonade you're just like oh god you know that's how yeah. i feel you're yeah. you know it's like hey let's check out what's going on with the buccaneers oh this person's mad about what the president said yeah you know, so this like, person's <laughs> preaching this person is yeah. finger wagging yeah it's uh uh so we've got this nfl protocol came out for you know the covid stuff and it's it's very strange it's it's i, I don't know I, you know last year Everybody was in kind of a fog with all this. You know, we didn't have data. We, you know, we're trying to figure stuff out. What's going on with this pandemic and everything? But now we've got it. We got a full year and a half of this stuff. Not a single player got COVID and was hospitalized or died. I think there was a couple that might have been sick for a couple days, but the vast, vast, vast majority of them, you know, they they would get 
tested positive. They would just sit at home. Then they'd come back and play. I don't know what's going on with this whole vaccination stuff. It, it really doesn't make any sense. You know, now I've read the studies on the vaccination. The vaccinations, from what I've read, are effective. They, they, they keep you from uh, a lot of cases getting the disease at all. Uh, but if you do get it, your symptoms are much less. Uh, you're less contagious. But you are, you can get it, and you are, you can pass it on to people, even with the vaccine. But the vaccine is very effective. We're talking about it in the 90 percentile. But, you know, these studies were done months ago during the, uh, after the rollout of the vaccine. We don't know how much their efficacy uh, tapers off. We're seeing in like Israel and stuff like that, that it, it, it appears that the efficacy of them are you know, they're at like 60% effective now. I'm not sure. I haven't, you know, completely read that. And I don't, I don't want to talk a lot about this because, you know, we you can will get, get banned. you'll get banned on, on these uh, things. But to me, it doesn't seem to be, it doesn't make any sense because a lot of these guys had it previously. So they have antibodies against them. We should be doing antibody testing, not, not whether you're vaccinated or not. That shouldn't matter. It's whether you have antibodies or not, but we're not even well, not even discussing that. Well, and here's the weird thing about that too: the rules do say people who had a previous coronavirus infection are considered fully vaccinated 14 days after they have had at least one dose of the vaccine. Oh, okay, yeah. So I guess there's some, why somehow that makes sense. I don't why? Know. Yeah. So the NFL is going to find players who are unvaccinated. If they break any of the protocols, fourteen thousand dollars to start off with, it's going to go up to fifty thousand. You can get multiple infractions and up to fifty thousand dollars, and then they're going to suspend you after that. I'm assume. Now, violations include. Check this out. This is for unvaccinated players. Violations include attending an indoor music event, house gatherings of more than fifteen people without everyone wearing masks, attending a professional sporting event other than NFL, NFL games, uh, applicable NFL games, attending an indoor bar, attending an indoor nightclub, gathering outside of the club facility or team travel in groups of more than three people, meeting other players in person outside of club facilities. Now, this is what unvaccinated players can't do. So anything. <laughs> they can't do anything. They can have no social life, yeah. no. And it's just so strange to me. It's, it's like what? What if you had it and you got the antibodies? Why why should you be under these protocols? You know, it's it's very very strange. And the vaccinated people can still get COVID and they can still transmit it, but they're not going to be held accountable. No. Vaccinated people will mm-hmm. be held accountable and fined. Well, not just that. If a game is canceled because of a outbreak among unvaccinated players and it can't be rescheduled then the team experiencing the outbreak forfeits the game and they are credited with the loss and the other team credited with the win they may also be responsible for the financial losses the team will be right so um this is per the nfl men memo almost said menu uh quote if a club cannot play due to a covid spike in vaccinated individuals 
we will attempt to minimize the competitive and economic burden on both participating teams. So if it's an outbreak among vaccinated or unvaccinated players, the team is going to be penalized Mm -hmm. financially. But if it's a spike in vaccinated individuals, the team won't be. Yeah, that's really strange to me. I know they're putting all of the onus on the unvaccinated. Yeah, yeah. It it seems to me that it's not so much as, uh, you know, putting a kibosh on the the illness as much as it is pushing this... um, follow the rules or, or, you know, this conform. Yeah. Yeah. It's very very strange. It's almost like they're going to shame you. you Well, well, we'll get to that here in a second, but this is why I'm bringing this up and saying that this might be a problem with the Buccaneers. Um, now, the vaccinated can still get the COVID and spread it, but only that unvaccinated will be held accountable. Yet masks are required for unvaccinated, but not vaccinated. You know, you can still spread it. If you're vaccinated, is the point to mitigate the spread or is the point to punish the unvaccinated exactly. players? Right. That's what I'm seeing. Uh, and plenty of vaccinated players are testing positive coaches. You know, it's happening now as we speak. Uh, uh, the vaccinated will not be tested daily. Uh, and they won't have any social distancing restrictions and they won't have to wear a mask. Now, the unvaccinated have to be tested daily. Vaccinated only tested every two weeks. Um, unvaccinated players won't be able to congregate with other players outside of the practice field or weight room and won't be allowed to gather outside team facilities or team hotels during travel. Uh, and the NFL said it will find anyone who doesn't follow the new rules $50,000. Now, it's worse for the coaches. You know, the coaches can't have any contact with any player. If they're not vaccinated, they can't mm-hmm. be in the same room. They can't have on the field. Well, unless <laughs> so. they have a religious or a medical exemption. Ah, exactly. So and you're like, is the point to stop the spread or is it to force vaccinations right, on right. people? And uh, the the vaccinated can come back after two days of testing positive, whereas unvaccinated uh, have to wait at least 14 days. No, they wait 10 days. 10 days. The, um, 10 days, the yeah. vaccinated, they do have to get, if they're asymptomatic, they test positive, but they're asymptomatic, they can come back after two negative tests, 24 mm-hmm. hours apart. Right. So two days, you know, right. of negative tests, then they can come back. Uh, yeah, the non-vaccinated with approved religious or medical exemptions are treated better than those who are not vaccinated, but they still have limitations on their, their freedom there. Uh, all game day personnel will be required to be fully. Ex- this one fascinates me. All game day personnel will be required to be fully ex- fascinate, vaccinated, except members of a labor union and approved religious or medical exemption. What the? Where? What? That makes no sense. Nonsense. Nonsense. If you're if you're a member of a labor union, what does that have to do with passing? COVID the, vi- the virus checks your union, your union card. enrollment yeah. and dues, makes sure you're current Yes. before it infects you. Uh, the NFL is making players wear visually identified uh, gear uh, to show whether they are vaccinated or unvaccinated while they are inside the facility. 
Now, they don't do it when they're outside the facility because they don't want the press to know who is vaccinated, who is unvaccinated. But while they're inside, they have to wear bands, lanyards, something that shows they're unvaccinated. I mean, I'm sorry, but that's that's just completely scarlet letter stuff, you know, and. That was actually an issue this week. Uh, I did get to the bottom of this, Ralph. The so pro football talk had apparently reported that BA had insinuated that players should be fined mm-hmm. if they're not uh, adhering to the wristbands or wearing the wristbands. Yeah. Um, so pro football to- talk reported that and then ba came out into it was tuesday's press conference he came out and said was like cussing them out basically the he media. said yeah uh well he didn't call mike florio out in particular but it was clear to everyone who he meant hmm. uh but he it was profanity laden and he said basically get your facts straight before you report shit yeah well good luck with that <laughs> yeah right i know that's asking a lot guys <laughs> uh yeah so it's a very very strange thing going on you know seen it all throughout the pandemic you know we were dividing people up you know i mean immediately they talked about essential workers I mean, that, that didn't make me feel right. You know, you, you, when you divide a society up by essential and non-essential people, it's not a good thing. I mean, everyone's job is essential to them. Right. And their yeah, family. Right. And so, you know, here now we're, you know, we have, we're having visual identifiers being mandated, you know, to show whether you've been vaccinated or unvaccinated. And like I said, there's a lot of guys who are unvaccinated, but yet they have the antibodies. We should be antibody testing so we know who has a more likely chance of, you know, contracting it and passing it on. And like I said, you can still do it if you have the antibodies. But, you know, it's much, much, much smaller chance of it happening. So none of this is making a whole lot of sense. It seems to be more theater, more Mm -hmm. agenda pushing than anything else. Mm -hmm. Now, the reason why I bring all this up uh, is because we have a few players on our team who have come out and said they don't want to get vaccinated. And they're not like second-string players. Uh, do you have the list of guys that have come out and said? Um, well, Leonard Fournette had tweeted, and he said, you know, vaccine, I can't do it. And then he deleted it. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the only one that I saw. I know... They got Mike Edwards up on the podium yesterday Mm -hmm. or two days ago and asked him. His yellow wristband was visible. You don't have to wear it on the practice field, but his was on. So they could kind of see. And he's wearing the mask, so it's pretty obvious that he's not. And they asked him about it, and he didn't want to comment on it. Um, Antoine Winfield Jr. just had a false positive. I mean, so he was tested. I don't know why. Was it because he was near uh, Whitehead? I don't know. Uh, Whitehead, it seems like, probably wasn't. I don't know Mm -hmm. for sure. You know, he's on the COVID list. So Um, that's all that I know of thus far. Yes. So, you know, we do have some prominent players on our team that, you know, they're 
they don't. And you know, to, to be truthful with you, I I understand where they're coming from. Like I said, they're this, you know, the the virus does not affect these athletes. It's not it's not putting them in the hospital. It's not killing them. And these guys are super, super, super conscious about how they treat their bodies, you know, what they put in their bodies. And, you know, I, you, you, if you have doubts or, you know, if you've already had, you know, the virus and you got antibodies, you don't want to get injected with stuff. You know, it's just, I think we're, uh, we're trying to shame people into this. We're, we're definitely in, in America, it's gotten divided. I'm seeing people on the left are actually, you know, in, in the media are putting out fan fiction about the people on the right dying, you know, because they won't get vaccines. And I'm seeing people on the right talking about that the vaccine is going to kill people and they hope it does because all these people are trying to push it. You know, so it's, it's a really, really horrible thing that's going on and this isn't helping, you know, uh, like you said, Leonard Fournette came out and he was like, I you know, basically don't want to get the vaccine. And then he deleted it. Well, some media figures jumped on that and they shamed him for it. Uh, He's not the only one. Right. DeAndre Hopkins, mm-hmm. and he, he tweeted it. it. He deleted it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jalen Ramsey. He's vaccinated, but he was tweeting like, it's not right that my teammates are going to be held responsible if they're not vaccinated. And I understand why people wouldn't want to get vaccinated. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Jalen had a very, you know, every it was everyone's choice was basically his point. And he wouldn't hold it against his teammates if they chose not to. Um, and he caught flack for that. And of course, there's Cole Beasley, who's been very vocal. He's the only one I know of who's been vocal about not getting vaccinated and why. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's saying I hear from players every day who they don't have like for him. He's like, I made my money. I'm not worried about, you know, I mm-hmm. could leave the NFL today and I'd be fine and my family would be fine. But there are guys who right. they're going to get cut if they don't get vaccinated. Right. And um you know, what are we doing? Yeah, it's all very strange. It's Why all are we very doing strange. This? Well, like 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 I said, Leonard Fournette put that tweet out and immediately was, was attacked by the media. Uh, Thomas Bassinger, who's a complete idiot. You know, he's a he works for the Tampa Bay Times. He's one of their sports reporters. Is he still there? Wasn't he supposed to go back to Philly? Uh, yeah, he hasn't. He's still listed on there as. Does their, he need help with moving expenses? We can start yeah. a GoFundMe, maybe. <laughs> he's listed as their newsletter editor. Uh, but he hasn't put out any articles since uh, February last year. What? Uh, he has worked worked with pro football, fo- no, pro football outsiders. Okay. Uh, and would doing their statistics almanac, you know? Because oh, yeah, a, he loves the numbers. Guy. Yeah, he's a nerd moron. Uh, so he uh, Fournette said, "Vaccine, I can't do it." Dot 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 dot. Bassinger responded to him and said, "You know how Fournette's safe because he can't catch anything." I swear to God, I wanted to I wanted to crawl through my monitor and just uh, let him say that is, to Leonard Fournette's face yeah, at one buck place. We know that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. He's a keyboard warrior. Yes, very much so. And he, uh, you know, he's a, he's a big stats guy. And then he went on to explain how uh, the you know I even with my talking crap, it's backed up by stats because. You know, the Buccaneers were the most dropped passes by running, blah, 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 blah. You know, and again, you know, it doesn't say how many times, you know, what's the percentage? You know, we, we threw to our running backs. Did we throw it more than most teams? Blah, blah, blah. 
Leonard Fournette was called Playoff Lenny for a reason. He's one of the main reasons why we got to the Super Bowl and won it. So screw you, buddy. I don't care if he dropped 99 passes throughout the season. You know, we got to the playoffs. He showed up. Uh, the, the guy used to be with the Tampa Bay Times. I don't know where he's at now. I don't know if he's still there. He's still listed there. Uh, but where was his prediction about the Bucks winning the Super Bowl? You know, this guy, you know, he's all Mr. You know, he's always got mm-hmm. these stats and predictions and stuff. But you know who he predicted to win the Super Bowl? In 2019, he predicted that the Super Bowl, that it would be the Browns and the Giants, led by MVP Baker Mayfield. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> That's mm. a hot take. Yeah. Now, he predicted at the beginning of last year that it would be the Dallas Cowboys over the Colts. Wow. <laughs> so. If you want to listen to what this guy has to say, that's that's on you, buddy. Uh, but it is. It's a it's a shaming. It's a very very strange thing. I don't like it. I don't like it. Well, and remember, oh, you got blocked by Rick Stroud. Got us blocked, right? Because because yeah. he was whining that um, it, the restrict you know the press should still be given access to the players because vaccinations right, but they're and not this year. it's not fair that they you know they were all whining about this mm-hmm. what they really wanted and, was and said, and said that the nfl was using that as a power play right it wasn't about safety it was about power and i was like what you did not just say that and so you know i kind of called him out on that and uh, he blocked me but what they want what they want is the opportunity for a public inquisition mm-hmm. where they get mm-hmm. to grill these players on their vaccination status and shame them accordingly. Right. So we saw them do that to Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to answer. Uh, Josh Allen, I think it was the same thing. They did it just yesterday to Mike Edwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not, you know, if, if their access was to improve their reporting on the game. I would agree with that assessment, but it seems like all they are interested in is reinforcing these authoritarian policies mm. and using their platform, their microphone, and their camera that they get to shove in these players' faces. And the players, by the way, don't have a choice. Right. They have to get up there. Mm-hmm. They're required to make these appearances. And ask these invasive questions mm-hmm. yes for the sole purpose of being you know are you somebody i'm going to shame or are you somebody i'm going to applaud mm-hmm. and you know it's just it's just kind of stomach it's icky turning. it's gross yeah you know I, I don't i don't i don't want to see it i don't want to be involved with it i don't want to uh experience it really you know it's a, it's a dividing it's mean it's nasty and you know it, like i said if we're serious about this if we're serious about we have to look at the facts. You know, the 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 virus has the cases are way down, the deaths are way down. I mean, there are, it's more more people are dying from the vaccine than the, the apparently. I don't know. You know, that's just. But you know, if we're dead serious about this, it's antibodies that matter. It's it's not nothing else. Nothing else matters. Are you are you able to uh, fight this disease or not? That's what matters, you know. Not not whether you have a wristband on or whether you social distanced or you got a mask or, you know, you did the right protocols. It's can you spread the disease or not? Yeah. And 
it doesn't seem like that's the issue. It seems like the issue is all of these rules and regulations and shaming and you know, punishment. Just, and yeah, punishment and stuff like who that. Who can we I, blame? Yeah. I don't like it. And it, it could seriously affect the game. Now, last year we were worried about this. We were worried about you know teams getting uh, having to forfeit games and all that good stuff. But I think this year it seems like it's Last year it was more of a let's let's all kind of work together and get this going. This year it seems to be like no, we're not working together. We're dividing people up into those that have, those that don't, and you know we're going to attack the ones that don't. And I'm just like, mm, man, you know, it just it just kind of feels. Ugh. And no, we should also mention, you know, these guys work their entire lives to mm-hmm. get this opportunity. This is the only opportunity. Like there is no other NFL. Right. You and I, we work at a job. I work at a company where my skills are applicable to many different other companies. Like if right. I lost my job, I could find another one somewhere else that's mm-hmm. gonna pay me equal and I'm gonna do the same job. There is no other NFL. Right. This is it. Right. There's no, I mean, you get kicked out of the NFL, you might go to the CFL, you might go to you know any of these other leagues. Uh, you're not going to get paid as much. You're not going to be famous. Mm-hmm. You're not, it, you may not even last there. Most guys don't. Mm-hmm. And it seems like the these protocols are a way to gatekeep and coerce people mm-hmm. into making decisions that they may not want to make. Yes. Yeah. You know, and, you know, the vaccine is effective. You know, according to the studies I've read, that, you know, you're looking at 90-some percent efficacy rates. Uh, gee, even with just one shot, you're looking at 80, 85% effective rates. But we don't know for how long. You know, right now we're at, what, like six months of uh, vaccinations, and the uh, studies were done three months ago. So, you know, it was three months after they go, are they going to lose efficacy? You know, all this good stuff. We, we just don't know. We don't know. And, and forcing it on people seems... I don't know. It it's, it seems political for one, and it seems uh, it's just way too coercive for it to be with good intent, I guess is the word. So we'll see how it plays out, and I would really, really hate to see some players on our team drop out of football. DeAndre Hopkins was talking about not playing because of this. Or, uh, you know, us having to forfeit games because of something silly or, you know, the, to me, that's the only thing that could have hurt our team this year. And so it worries me that, you know, it could happen. You know, we got some big players on our team that don't, aren't uh, aren't fully on board with all this stuff. So hopefully things will work out. Uh, we've, we've been on this. It's an hour and 15 minutes. We've gone over time. I still have stuff I want to talk about, but we'll say that for the next podcast. I want that. Can we just touch on training camp really quick? Oh, we did far. No, we didn't at all. <laughs> what do you got? Yeah, Nothing. can you do it in like five minutes? Yeah. Okay. So it started on the twenty fifth. Uh, fans will be there through August first, and then I think training camp is going to last until the eighteenth of August. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So season pass members are the only fans that are allowed. And actually, Joe Box fan tweeted out today and they said, there's like 100 seats available. There's so many empty seats at the training camp. Really? And he was like, it's not really right that there are people that want to come, but they can't because they're not season pass members. They should be opening it up to the public, which I was glad to see that from them. Mm. I mean, they have a platform. It was a good use of the platform to advocate for fans who um, can't advocate for themselves. So I was happy to see them tweet that. Um, Just a few other notes. They were running the two fields like usual. Uh, Many of you probably know it's hot as hell down there. So... It's uh, it's a lot of the players. Uh, BA said the first couple of games, the ha- the last like half hour of camp, he was not happy with because players were just not tolerating the heat well. Hmm. And he said, you know, that's on the players who didn't train here because the ones that did are used to this. So, uh, they were all talking about staying hydrated so they didn't get soft tissue injuries and they did end up moving it inside a couple times um which was good i think there might have been rain one day so they moved inside uh joe tryon was a full participant in camp after missing otas because of his a minor knee procedure Mm-hmm. Um, AB was two days late, but he didn't end up showing up. And again, he had a knee procedure in the off season, so maybe that was why. I don't think anyone really cares. Um, and then OJ is still limited as he recovers from his Achilles injury. So the today I was seeing that uh, Brady lined up at corner. What <laughs> I know. Craig almost tweeted it. But he said it was very brief. Like, very brief. Like, one play, maybe. So, it's a weird thing. I'm going yeah. to look at video for that. And then, okay, so we have upcoming... August 14th is the first preseason game. That's a home game. It's going to be at 7.30. We are hosting the Cincinnati Bengals. A week later is our second game. Again, that's at home August 21st at 730. Uh, We'll be playing the Titans. We may have a joint practice with the Titans that week. And then August 28th, we are at the Houston Texans. And that's at 8 o'clock. And then we have kickoff on September 9th. It is Thursday night football, 820. So it is right around the corner. I'm so excited. And I know. I know it's like my blood is starting to get all mm-hmm. hump, pumped mm-hmm. up. Yeah, it's been such a dull off season, man. It has, yeah, very, very uneventful. Yeah, but that can be good sometimes. Hey, check this out. Uh, the Gi- <laughs> this just popped up. The Giants have cut tight end Kelvin Benjamin. Oh, I saw this. You did the, yeah, because he was stealing food. <laughs> what? There's, there's video surveillance. What? Stealing food from the facility to take home. That's that's weird, though. That's very, very, very strange. I mean, he can afford food, right? I don't know. I, I don't know. That's one of those things. I'm like, I don't, I don't know that I would cut somebody for that. I don't know. Did they say something to him yeah, first? Yeah, like, hey, don't. Yeah, he was confronted by um, uh, a gentleman and, and judge and. He stormed off, leaving camp. Oh, my God. 
That's so, so, so something something's wrong going on with him. That's mm. weird. It is weird. It's a little sad. I don't know. That's weird. He'll get signed somewhere, I'm sure. Okay. That was all that I had, Ralph. So do you want to talk about our schedule coming up as far as what we plan to do? No. Okay. Because every time we do, we end up not doing it. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. All right, guys. We're going to wrap this up. Uh, I, I hope we didn't uh, step on too many toes out there talking about our uh, thoughts on the COVID protocols. Uh, we, we do try to keep politics out of this as much as possible. And, you know, really our opinions outside of anything about football, we try to keep out because, you know, you're here for football. We're here for football. I mean, I want to go, I could go full Alex Jones up in this bitch and start talking <laughs> about gay frogs and all this, all my crazy political opinions. But you come here for my stupid uh, football opinions, not my stupid political oh opinions. So. I can't believe you just said that. I mean, you brought I'll up do Alex it. Jones. That'll probably get us banned. <laughs> just say it his name, I think. <laughs> he is nuts. That's all I'm going to say. He is nuts. That's true. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're not Alex Jones, fans, by the way. Uh, that's kind of how it, it sounded when you said that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, I just mean oh, anyway. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so anyhow, stick with us, guys. We've got some great analysis coming up for you, and we're going to do it all year long. And uh, you know, we are the Buccaneers are the best team on the planet right now, and they're going to c- continue to stay that away. That's my belief. That's my opinion, right there. You want an opinion? I got it. So uh, stick with us. And uh, check us out. We got some interesting stuff coming up. And uh, you got anything else you want to say, Molly? Uh, I think we should be back more regularly going forward. Yeah, I think I think they're going to be sick of us after a while. <laughs> we'll see. Yep. Okay, guys. Uh, Till next time. Go Bucks.